In this episode, you'll hear from a multi-awarded expat artist, Ulimsh Glamuzina. She was recently awarded the Miles Award for her piece, Odd One Out, which was featured in the New Zealand Herald. Ulimsh is originally from Mongolia, a daughter of diplomats who lived in several countries until finding her home in New Zealand. We also had a conversation about her journey as an expat and how she used to despise her being different until one day she started accepting herself and found beauty in her unique qualities and experiences. In this episode, you'll find out how you can use art as a therapy for your homesickness. I really enjoyed this episode and I hope you will too. So please welcome my good friend, Ulemj Glamuzina. Hello, Ulemj, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Andre. Mm. Um, thanks for having me. Um, I know that you speak Mongolian. And one of the things that I'd like my my guests to do is that to greet their greet our listeners um, in their native tongue. Yes. Is that possible? Of course. Wow. Wow. How difficult is um, Mongolian? What do you call the language anyway? Uh, it's Mongolhil. Uh, uh-huh. We call it Mongolhil. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's Mongolian. We speak Mongolian. So how difficult is it to learn this language? Oh, um, for me, it was easy. <laughs> it's my native tongue. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but for for someone who has no idea what, what the language actually like, uh, Mongolian, um, many people ask me whether it's um, kind of like uh, Mandarin or you know uh, uh, or Russian or mm. but um, actually Mongolian language um, has similar roots to shes its roots with uh, Turkish language. Wow, um, uh, comes from Uyghur. Mm. Um, so the uh, grammar structure, I feel, um, is uh, very similar to uh, Korean in Japanese. Mm. Um, I don't speak Korean myself, but I have heard that uh, for Mongolians, picking mm. up Korean um, language is quite easy. Yeah. Um, uh, you just need to learn the vocab. And, you know, um, so when I studied Japanese, I also noticed that grammar structure, the sentence structure was very similar in the thinking behind it, you know, was um, quite similar. So all I had to focus on was to um, pay attention to the differences Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, learn the vocabulary and Mm -hmm. replace the words, you know? Yeah, yeah. So how many languages do you you speak or do you know about? Oh, I have studied many languages, so that's wow. one of my passions. So um, in terms of um, fluency, so what's what's on top? So obviously uh, Mongolian is on top. Well, nowadays um, English uh, would be definitely uh, my, you know, a day-to-day uh, language that I use. Right. Uh, and um, I speak Mongolian uh, mainly uh, you know, to communicate with my family and mm. also when I do my other job because um, mm-hmm. I work as an interpreter right, uh, for right. the government mm. and um, I work with a few different organizations, uh, DHP, you know, um, mm. the uh, Ministry of Justice, Immigration and mm. um, so forth. So, so you do um, interpreting um, mainly in Mongolian, Mongolian yes. to English, English yes. to Mongolian? Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's correct. Mm. Wow, that's excellent. And what else? So you speak Nihongo? 
You've learned Nihongo as well? Nihongo, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I um, uh, had the opportunity to um, study in Japan. Uh, mm. When I went to Japan, I uh, had zero Japanese. Right. But I um, uh, was fortunate enough to get the um, Wombosho, you know, Japanese government scholarship, mm. uh, a very prestigious uh, scholarship. Mm. And um they have um, put me into this program, intensive Japanese language program, that wow. where I had to um, focus um, uh, pretty long hours every day uh, for <laughs> six months uh, to learn the language uh, to be um, able to go to um, get into my postgrad um, studies right. Right. here in Japan. Mm. Just out of curiosity, because. I know that Mongolia, from the limited um, knowledge that I have of Mongolia, I know that it's close to Siberia, not too far. Um, um, yes, and, not too yeah, far. And for, for our listeners who don't know that I'm, I'm also married to a Russian uh, lady mm -hmm. who lives, um, or sorry, who <laughs> grew up in Siberia, in <laughs> yes. Ulan-Ude in particular. So how yeah. similar is it to the Buryat language? Um, I'm, I'm assuming there will be um, quite a bit of similarities. You know, um, yeah, um, but I um, do not speak or, mm. you know, or I don't have in-depth knowledge right. about uh, Buryat language, but yeah. I do believe there will be some similarities. And you use um, Cyrillics as well? Yes, we do. Wow. Uh, we, in Mongolia, we've got a Mongolian traditional Mongolian writing right. system in, uh, uh, as well as that we use Russian Cyrillic. Wow. Um, that was introduced in 1920s, I believe. Wow. So, Ulimj, we've known each other for how many years now? Probably three or four? Yes. <laughs> yes. So, um, it, in a nutshell, who is Ulimj Glamazina? Ulimj's um, mother. <laughs> um, oh, I've got a beautiful daughter called Zaya. And yeah. um, Zaya is... Um, uh, Mongolian name. I wanted mm. to give um, her Mongolian name um, that was, um, we like the uh, meaning, which means destiny. Wow. In, um, in uh, yeah, in other languages, it also means uh, quite beautiful things. Like in Greek, it <laughs> means light. In yeah. Russian, it means <laughs> bunny. <laughs> I know. Bunny yeah. or uh, sweetheart, I think. Like yes. they, they use it for... Um... Like yeah. a, as a term of endearment, yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's interesting because I I actually call um my wife Zaya. Oh, really? Yeah, either Zaya <laughs> or Zaya. <laughs> it's, yeah, that's cute. That's amazing. All right. So, yeah. how old is Zaya now? And um, Zaya just turned four. And you're married to my co what um trainee, <laughs> Mate. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Tell me a little bit about Mate and how did you meet? Um, Mata and I met in Japan when I was studying um, and doing my master's and mm -hmm. he was teaching in Japan in yeah. Sapporo. Uh, he was teaching English mm. and um, he went to Japan because of his love of snowboarding. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we were introduced to um, our mutual friend, mm -hmm. um, uh, Nuni. Yeah, uh, Nuni yeah. was from uh, Kyrgyzstan. She was also an exchange student that um, who was um, studying at the same mm. university as me. And um, yeah, 
one day oh actually it was christmas <laughs> eve she yeah um i never really used to go out uh, was a nude <laughs> so i used to uh, spend all my time at um, you know at libraries and things like that but she decided i needed to go out and wow. that was the um first time i went to a nightclub <laughs> with it <laughs> to a bar and yeah, then yeah. um yeah and then got introduced to mate um mm. and then um yeah it wow. went from there yeah, and I know that um, Mate has a another uh, his side of the story, and probably in the future I'll have Mate here as well in the podcast yes. um, because I know that his side of the story is also quite interesting. Um, so you're a mother, you're a wife. Um, who else is Ulimj? Uh, I'm an artist. Mm. Um, I um, oh, I love um, creating. Uh, you know, um, different things. So. Um, paintings um, i do mixed media art yeah because um, i just love exploring and playing with different mediums and can't mm. <laughs> restrict myself because i want to play you know um of so, yeah um and i have also started my clothing label uh, called zoo oh. yeah um, and essentially it's um because i wanted uh, my art to be wearable you know mm, and not just mm. to be on the wall and there's nothing wrong to be you know to have your um, artwork on the wall but yeah i wanted to be able to enjoy it day to day you yeah. know yeah. um in my day-to-day -day life and mm. so i uh, started um, printing my mm. artwork on to silk and the fabrics i wanted to wear in the designs as well mm. and um most of my uh, clothes are quite easy to wear in a very comfy but also looking you know um yeah good yeah. and yeah yeah i and wanted I've, I've, people to you know enjoy <laughs> my art more. And I've, I've told you several times a hundred times i think that yeah. i'm such a big fan i'm such a big fan <laughs> thanks andre oh. and every time you have an exhibit i'm like oh that's my friend and i show all um all my um my community pretty much oh, um, thanks I, andre I you guys have been <laughs> such you know supportive yeah. uh, friends and, as well and for our listeners who are, are curious like oh what does um Ulimj's art look like so what is um a quick description uh i feel it's quite um emotive and expressive and free yeah um yeah i like to um yeah, I have tried many different um, art and mm. I feel what I seem to keep going back is the freedom, mm. you know, um, uh, because my personality, I think I, um, uh, I can do some intricate and precise work, but I always want to get, you know, like uh, yeah, free yeah. and just um, express my emotion or feelings right um, so definitely free-flowing yeah yeah and it does evoke a lot of emotions so when i look at your um paintings when i look at the pictures it's yeah it, it there are paintings that makes you a bit sad some of them uh makes you happy and yes. you know just brings in this good vibe um, yeah. that's that's for sure um so before we go deeper into your art um i also know that you are an educator um would yes. you say that this is your bread and butter Yes, definitely. Um, yeah. So because um, I'm 
I've always been um, quite passionate about languages and um, quite early on in my life, um, basically, I was very good at, um, well, I got this feedback, you know, like I really enjoyed in, uh, like people liked my drawings uh, since kindergarten, you know, yeah, and yeah. Um, I was also um, really, um, oh, I used to enjoy learning different mm. languages and mm. I was exposed to different languages from uh, quite um, early on, uh, right. from a young age. So uh, maybe about when I was uh, 13, uh, I had to choose uh, <laughs> between the two. Yeah, um, yeah. And I nearly went to an art school, art specialized school, but last minute we decided to Mm. Uh, go to language specialized school. So since wow. then, um, I've uh, been studying many different languages and it was only natural for me to um, do my bachelor's and master's in language teaching sure. uh, in interpreting. And um, I've been teaching languages uh, at um, tertiary and also secondary level mm. for uh, over 10 years now. Mm. and been doing interpreting for about 15 years. And um, as far as I know, speaking and learning a language or a new language and doing art, I think both of them make use of your left and right brain. Mm. Um, so I think, right. I think you're probably ambidextrous. Oh, you reckon? Would you say that? <laughs> <laughs> Saya is definitely... Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ambidextrous, yeah. but she, um, she must have gotten it from you. <laughs> <laughs> and how difficult or easy is it for for you to find a job um, in New Zealand as an educator? It was. Um, I think um, I was pretty lucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when I did my uh, postgrad diploma in uh, teaching secondary. Mm -hmm. at uh, University of Auckland. Um, we did two sections. We called them practicum. Um, so I did two practica. Right. And uh, one of the schools, the second school I was placed at, we had about seven weeks um, of training there. Mm -hmm. And um, I um, loved, you know, uh, mm. being part of the school. And soon after my practicum, um, I was contacted and offered the job. Wow. Um, wow. And, so they um, actually sought after you. Oh, they, oh I think I was just <laughs> oh, in the, you know, in the right place, right mm. time. Yeah. That's, <laughs> in, um, you call that being humble. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. in, wow. Uh, it started from there in, oh, I absolutely loved teaching. Uh, my first uh, teaching, um, uh, was it Mount Roscoe grammar? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, in Auckland. Mm, mm. Mm. Amazing. And let's backtrack a little bit, go back to your art life or your, you being an artist. Mm. What, what are your inspirations? Uh, I get inspired by many different things. Um, uh -huh. You know, I um, love... Um, so, for example, in the mornings when I'm driving to work, um, I go over the bridge, um, mm. going towards Taronga, and uh, sometimes I sit in traffic, but uh, I find, um, you know, just going over the water and seeing the sunrise and uh, the reflection 
uh, you know, wow. on the water. And yeah. uh, that sort of thing really inspires me. Mm-hmm. Um, so would you say um, nature, um, is, yeah, nature plays a big role? Yeah. Um, sometimes you see something, you know, oh, well, all sorts of things. Um, even coffee, you know. <laughs> <laughs> wow, simple, simple daily life. Simple uh, things, things, you yeah. know. Um, yeah. <laughs> or like, um, I'll see um, people inspire me as well. Um, yeah. I yeah. see people in, oh, I used to draw a lot of um, eyes because mm. I used to love looking at people's eyes and drawing and sketching. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, because you can tell so much and you can feel a lot. Mm. So I tell us that's... more about your creative process. Um, you get inspired, um, you think of a subject, um, and probably you have a you decide on your medium because I know you uh, use different kinds of medium. Yeah, mm. I do, but mm. um, I hardly ever plan. Mm. So what is <laughs> my your, painting? What is, your, what is your creative process? So I just go like if I've got time, I'll um, quickly go into my. Um, uh, studio and um, I'll put on some music or you know or podcast. I uh-huh. listen to podcasts and just decide on the palette. Um, yeah. I'll just uh, put some uh, mm. different paints and pencils and oh around mm. me, and then I'll just go in and see what happens. <laughs> and then whatever comes out, it's yeah. uh, and I respond to what's happening. So I mm. feel like. Uh, the paintings are, you know, already there yeah. that want to come out. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's probably the reason why it's so alive. Because mm. you, you just basically go with the flow and, and what yeah, really inspires you Yeah, just connect you in to it, you know, um, in the moment. Yeah. True. And a lot of artists, you know, um, um, encounter this, what we call artist block. Mm. Do you ever have this problem? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> How often uh, does this... Um, does this occur and what do you normally do to oh, get out of it well i feel like it happens like sometimes i'm in a really good flow and i can be painting every day in mm. um and then i'm quite happy with the results and things like that but um i feel every now and then maybe well once or twice a year um you know there will be a, a period of time that I just can't feel it, you know, I can't, can't seem to connect in. Oftentimes that mm. um, I feel it, uh, it's to do um, with the state of my health. Right. right. So um, it could be that I have overdone it, you know, I have used most of my uh, inner resources and mm. I just, um, yeah. Um, mm. that time I feel like I need to start looking after myself right, and just right. recharge. Right. Um, yeah. So you, you take it as basically a signal you're, um, and, and a way for you, a time for you to listen to your body yeah. um, when you encounter artist block. That's a, yeah. that's a good thing. It's actually mm. a good thing, I think. And in terms of growth as an artist, how do you grow? What do you normally do to grow? Um, to grow as an artist, yeah, yeah. Um, I, oh, I think practice is very important. You know, mm. it's like um, I um, say this to my husband. It's like running. You know, like uh-huh. if you want to run a marathon, you have to be 
training, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, like that. So I need to be sketching or uh, doing something. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that, um, that creative juices are flowing. It's so, all about practice. Mm, as and, the saying goes, practice makes perfect. Yeah, perfect mm. practice makes perfect. <laughs> Perfect practice makes perfect. (laughs) That's good. That's really good. Um, I know that there was a point when we were discussing about um, business and art Mm. and, you know, the dilemma of a lot of artists um, thinking or trying to make money out of art and at the same time Mm. losing their essence as an artist or Mm. their inspiration. So how do you how do you go about this? I think balance is, um, you know, of course, um, you want to be making some money and, um, you know, covering your costs and right. make some profit, mm. you know, um, uh, for sustainability. Yeah. Um, uh, but um, I feel uh, not to lose, it's important not to lose your, you know, artistic integrity yeah. and doing what you want and mm. also, um uh, at the same time, um, you know, doing that will, you know, or on pieces that will appeal to people. So I think it's actually very important mm. to so pieces pieces that appeal to other people or to people, but also something that you're being true to yourself. Also, with. it has to be something that I feel right. as well, you know. But I feel uh, I'm thinking currently about. Uh, um the abstract pieces i do in portraiture mm-hmm. uh, and um sometimes i can go into you know abstracts quite a bit and then uh, but people enjoy my portraiture you know mm-hmm. so um i enjoy doing both but mm-hmm. um i feel i feel like abstract um pieces challenge me more right um, so um and i feel i have to be really in the zone to be able to create a successful, you know, abstract pieces. Mm-hmm. And um, um, sometimes I use my portraiture to get in the zone. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm working on f- a few different pieces at the mm. same time so that um, once I'm in the flow, I can get into abstract, you know. And what are you working on now? Uh, I'm working on uh, right now. I'm doing quite a bit behind the scenes on my clothing <laughs> label. Yeah, and also yeah. my online shop. Right. It um, um, hopefully will be up and running very soon. <laughs> mm. So setting the foundation. Um, yeah. For for something uh, make it to more make accessible it and you know so that people can see what's on offer. You know That's easily. True. Yeah, because not a lot of people can buy, you know, your large paintings. Um, they, it's it's good. I've heard it's good to um, have an entry diversify. Point. Yeah. yeah, to diversify and be able to make it more accessible. Um, when I say accessible, like you know, in terms of pricing. Yeah, um, pricing, for, and also yeah. like for those who don't live in Taronga or New Zealand, mm. you know, um, mm. the shop will open. Uh, mm. Those to those uh, people mm. who are interested, but yeah, wow, um, and can't uh, necessarily come to my exhibitions or uh, to yeah. the galleries, you know. Well, I'm just being an expat. What makes you stand out as an artist? I feel it's my past experiences. 
And uh-huh. um, in the past, I used to feel like um, I was um, used to really focus on my different, you know, how I'm different. In I didn't oftentimes when I was living in different countries, I didn't have uh, people from similar background, you know, from mm-hmm. Mongolia, or I um, wasn't, you know, like able mm-hmm. to share uh, my language or culture, um, you know, day, in my day to day life and. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to uh, think it wasn't a good thing, you know, that Mm. I wasn't, uh, yeah, that I was different. But Mm. I feel like now, um, uh, now I feel like that actually what I was kind of, sometimes I was running away from, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, was the uniqueness and um, what may be different. Mm. in what actually is making um, everything possible now, you know, that yeah. um, that I needed to tap into that uh, and um, embrace it, you know? Mm. Yeah, and if I'm being honest, um, you're actually, you actually um, offer something really fresh in the market. Yes. Uh, when, when you look at, you know, all these um, paintings. Are, Point they're of quite, difference, they're yeah. quite similar, uh, if, if I'm being honest. But when when I see your work, it's like, ooh, this is different. This is really fresh. (laughs) (laughs) Probably because it's more me, yeah. And I think it's very important to be, um, to understand who you are and really also connecting to your inner self. Right. Mm. I'm sure a lot of expats who are listening as well are, some of them are probably running away from their past or running mm. away from their identity. So how yeah. how did you come to the realization that oh I need to um really, you know, embrace my identity, my past, my experiences. Yeah, of course yeah. like what happened there. When you come to a new country, mm. uh, you want to integrate into that society in uh, of course there will be many challenges and differences the way people think and do things mm. i'm now thinking about uh, even learning styles you know like yeah. as a teacher um um thinking about how um in the past um in asian countries uh, yeah i um my experience has been that um people normally um given um certain information and you learn it and but people often don't ask about your opinion, you know, mm, but mm. Um, in, uh, when I came to New Zealand, that, mm. that was one of the um, biggest differences that suddenly people mm. started asking for my opinion, you know, yeah, yeah. and I used to get really, <laughs> I used to feel anxious about it, you know, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never really used to think about, you know, how I felt about something or thought about something like, um, of course, I used to think about it at a certain level, but not yeah. to that extent that, yeah. you know? Yeah. <clears throat> On the other hand, when people ask your opinion, it actually validates you, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's definitely great. Yeah. In, um, actually, I felt like that also helped me to understand myself more. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it seems like um, listening from what you're sharing now, it seems like your your journey has been pretty smooth sailing, I would say. Any challenges? <laughs> any challenges that you've encountered that 
really stood out like oh wow this was bitter <laughs> this is dark <laughs> oh yeah definitely um yeah. i um had a few of those um you know mm. uh, experiences um mm. especially when you go to a new country and if you can't uh, speak the language right. and so i felt like for example um um when i went to japan in mm. uh, as an adult you know and yeah. uh, not being able to speak the language um it was very challenging but also very motivating that i wanted to learn the language so that i could communicate uh, with people um mm. quickly in you know yeah um yeah. and um also <clears throat> coming to uh new zealand um, initially mm. i feel like I didn't leave the, um, you know, I didn't do anything <laughs> yeah, for yeah. six months, yeah. the first six months, because mm -hmm. uh, I could uh, speak English, but mm. I... You can't speak well, Kiwi, <laughs> Kiwi yeah, English. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like maybe I was overthinking things, and then um, also uh, I was living quite um, far away from the city. So, um, and at the time, the tr public transportation wasn't that great. Uh, and right. I used to live um, uh, quite far up north um, mm. uh, initially. And in, I put myself into, like, I thought uh, of many barriers, you know. Right. And how uh, long was and, this period of adjustment? Uh, I think it was about six months. In New Zealand? Yeah, in New Zealand. Yeah. And, and what, about, what about in Japan? In Japan, I was actually um, very busy um, mm. from the you know get go. Like as soon as I arrived, I think a couple of days later, I was in this program, mm. um, studying from eight thirty till you know four thirty every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then afterwards, going to the library and mm. you know uh, doing my homework and that so, sort of stuff. And are you saying that being busy in Japan? actually made a difference it was yeah. it was a benefit oh definitely i love being busy right and, um, i feel like more you do mm. uh, more uh, well busier you are more things you achieve <laughs> <laughs> exactly well so um i'll ask more about new zealand in a bit mm. mm -hmm. but first let's uh, you've mentioned japan already you mentioned new zealand let's re retrace your expat journey shall we? Mm -hmm. um, let's start from the genesis. Let's start from Mongolia. So what is Mongolia? I know that it's cold. I know there are only 3 million people. And yes. I know that you produce probably the best sumo wrestlers in the world. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> These are the only three things that I know about yeah. um, Mongolia. So tell me more about the culture and yeah. probably even your family growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, Mongolia has got um, many sheep, like um, New Zealand. Well, and, well, well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we produce Kashmir um, and um, uh, Gobi Desert is mm. in Mongolia. And we've got uh, two humped um, camels. Wow. And um, so summer is actually not that, um, you know, uh, cold because mm. it's about 26 7 degrees mm. uh, celsius and um yeah but in uh winter you're right mm. it gets uh down to uh minus, minus 30 40. 
minus 30. 30, 40, but in the country, in, in the countryside, it will be minus 50 sometimes. Right. So um, very harsh mm. climate. And what is, what is a culture like? What are the people like? People are, I feel, they are warriors. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they're warriors. <laughs> they're, um, uh, very strong people, I feel. Wow, um, wow. And, uh, and they um, also, uh, because the climate is quite harsh, you know, it mm. uh, makes people stronger, I feel. Wow. And um, you um, become resilient. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, you, um, Mongolians seem to adjust well in new environments, you know, mm. in uh, different countries, mm. uh, from my observation. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. It's interesting because when you said warrior, um, mm. I although I only know two Mongolians in my life, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, you and my other friend, but both yes. of you are really charming, really gentle, and really kind. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, such uh, Mongolians, <laughs> I do feel yeah, quite gentle and mm. uh, good-hearted people. Yeah, mm. yeah, but but definitely survivors. Yeah, survivors. Yeah. Mm. What is the food like? Oh, very. Oh, I feel it's very bland. <laughs> oh, yeah. We don't, yeah. We don't use a lot of um, uh, spices. Mm. But although uh, nowadays uh, the cuisine is changing mm. uh, a lot, um, mm. but in the past, traditionally, uh, we use um, we use lots of uh, dairy products, mm -hmm. you know, uh, because Mongolians uh, rely on the animals and uh, being nomads, you know. Mm -hmm. In um, so um, do you eat a lot of meat? Yeah, um, we do it, eat a yeah. lot of meat. Right. Yeah. So, what meat is the most prevalent or the most uh, popular? Beef. Uh, yeah. Mutton. Yeah. Mm. Uh, lamb. Yeah. Mm. And how do you cook um, them? Um, is it more like um, we, soup or yeah, we um, because it uh, gets um, quite cold. Uh, mm. We tend to eat a lot of soup. Uh, mm -hmm. warm foods and we have dumplings in uh we call them bunch in horseshoe uh -huh, uh, uh -huh. flat dumplings that you fry oh yes and, yes um uh, yeah noodle soups yeah, yeah. Uh, oh so you also have noodle soups yes wow uh, that's a big uh thing you know it's in almost like a fusion of asian and Russian, if I if I'm definitely say so. yeah. there's a lot of uh, influence from yeah uh, Asia, uh, you know China mm. and um, also um, Russia, Eastern Europe, you mm. know. Uh, and and what is your what is your family like growing up? Uh, so my family, uh, my uh, my parents were diplomats mm -hmm. and. Mm -hmm. um, so we used to travel a lot, um, but um, my father could speak uh, six, seven languages. So wow. um, he, that's incredible. I think, <laughs> from a, a young age, he um, encouraged me to uh, do the same. You know, yeah. he used to talk about the benefits of learning, a, mm. you know, a new language. So, and, what are those six languages? I'm guessing English um, is part of it. Yeah, English, um, yeah. Russian, um, uh -huh. Czech, and then he spoke um, some French. Wow. Uh, he did uh, learn some uh, Slovakian. Wow. Uh, and uh, 
of course, Mongolian. In, Czech uh, and Slovakian. Wow. Yeah, they are that's, two different languages. Not, yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Um, I mean, is it because he traveled to these countries or he learned it beforehand? Um, he did his um, post-grad um, mm. studies um, there. Um, mm. he, he's got a um, couple of PhDs in couple of, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, he worked um, as a professor. He actually still, um, you mm. know, uh, works at university. Wow. Um, he has written 30-something books published. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, written uh, two or three different um, dictionaries. Um, Diction some... Your father wrote a yes. dictionary. <laughs> and uh, some textbooks. Not a or... lot of people can say that about yeah. their father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my father is a workaholic, you know. Yeah, he, yeah. Uh, even when he goes on the holidays, he is still writing a mm. page or two, mm. you know, each day. Yeah. 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 And you mentioned that your mom is also a diplomat. Did they meet um, in the diplomatic corps? Before uh, I was born, basically, uh, my parents used to work for the um, transport agency in mm -hmm. Mongolia, I think. And mm -hmm. um, um, so they had a lot of different um, lives as well, journeys they went mm -hmm. through. Mm -hmm. Impressive. Mm -hmm. And you have siblings? Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. um, I've got a brother, younger brother. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who's in uh, a mining engineer? And um, mm. is anyone still in Mongolia, or has, has uh, everybody? My parents um, mm. are living there, but yeah. um, they are, yeah, they go between um, yeah mm. uh, different countries because yeah. we're living in different countries, so they yeah. travel to be with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Mongolia being your springboard, where did you go next? What is the first country that you lived in for a couple of months or more permanently? Um, so I, um, after Mongolia, I yeah. went to uh, Ireland. Um, I lived uh, in Dublin um, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. went to Dublin School of English. Wow. wow. <laughs> and um, I went to um, school there as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for uh, some time and then went back to Mongolia mm -hmm. uh, and then went to England, lived mm -hmm. in um, uh, Leeds um, yeah. for uh, a year. Yeah. 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 Where my father was doing his uh, post-grad studies. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so Ireland, England, followed by, would it be Japan next? Yeah, that's mm. right. Now, I mm. went uh, back to Mongolia and uh, yeah. did uh, finish, uh, you know, some of my studies and mm -hmm. then uh, went, I had uh, this opportunity mm. uh, in Mongolia. I was working in this um, bank called uh -huh. Hothamt uh -huh. and I used to work in the um, international relations office. Right. And um, one day I saw some of my friends, uh, colleagues, you know, um, busy doing something mm. around lunchtime and I asked them you know uh, what they were up to and they yeah. were applying for the scholarship mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and I decided I'll do the same and mm -hmm. um, I uh, went um, and applied and set the tests and mm. um, uh, interviews and things like that and then I was selected and that was <laughs> my um, yeah so I was um, given you know uh, 
presented with this opportunity to study uh, in Japan under wow. Japanese government scholarship. But I have to say, though, um, it's not really surprising that they would choose you, given your background <laughs> and your ability. <laughs> so no surprises yeah, I there. To, <laughs> I had to pass the language tests as well. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. That's, yeah. that's definitely challenging for sure. Um, so lived in Japan for how long? Um, I lived there for uh, nearly four years. Four years. So four yes. years. Um, how long? Uh, how long did you live there as a student? Uh, the whole time. The whole time. Okay. Yeah. And then you fell in love with yes. Mate, your yes. now husband. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, how long did it take for you to decide to move to New Zealand to say, "All right, this is it." Um, so I'm, I'm making the big move. I'm leaving Japan. What was yeah, the process like? Um, actually, uh, I loved Japan. You know, I would have stayed and did my probably would have done my PhD. Um, but uh, my husband, <laughs> to be honest, he wanted to uh, come back to um, uh, New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, and um, his plan was actually just to spend um, a year. I think mm. actually initially maybe it was six months in Japan, but he met me and then he um, came back. Mm -hmm. um, he actually uh, went to New Zealand for a wedding um, mm. as he had originally planned, but then he came back to uh, Japan. Yeah. And then um, he waited for me until mm. I uh, finished my master's for mm -hmm. um and um, we left afterwards because um, he had already waited for me <laughs> long enough, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he goes, now it's time. I've waited yes. long enough, let's go. <laughs> yes. Was it difficult for you to decide to move to New Zealand? Especially uh, that during that time, you know, it seems like you're quite settled. Four years, that's quite long, yes. um, living in Japan. Yes. Um, so how, how are you convinced to move to New Zealand with Mate? Um, he actually um, brought me to New Zealand uh, for a week and he uh, was uh, jam-packed, you know, very busy, seven days. Yeah. Um, yeah. He basically took me to all the touristic places, <laughs> showed the country <laughs> as much as he could. And then I thought, uh, obviously, I met with his family, you know, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, friends. And I felt, yes, um, <laughs> I can see myself. Yeah. living here yeah and yeah, yeah. um but um, obviously when i actually moved here it was quite a big adjustment um and um and obviously also geographically i was a bit removed from you know the mm. city so um uh, it played part but then um, um my um, in-laws were quite um you know encouraging mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um I actually decided to um, apply for some jobs and I mm. got, you know, in yeah, um, yeah. um, I started traveling, commuting, you know, yeah. on the bus. <laughs> well, which is <laughs> um, for, for and, those of you who don't know, um, commuting in New Zealand is very challenging, especially um, if it's not in Wellington, everything else yeah. is really difficult, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you basically have to be able to drive. Right. Yeah. So um, you tried looking for a job and you were able to find a job. Is this the teaching job? Uh, was it? No, initially, point? because, uh, well, uh, in Japan, I have also developed this passion 
about yeah. you know fashion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. <laughs> what I used to do was uh, after uni, I uh, because mm. I really wanted to improve my Japanese. Uh, right. I used to take every opportunity to practice my Japanese, and I would go to shops, you know, um, because mm. um, the. Uh, shop assistants are very keen to talk to you to mm. you know sell yeah, yeah, <laughs> products yeah. and uh-huh. um, I would um, go and chat with um, you know mm. um, um, different people in um, um, even to practice new yeah. uh, you know sentence structure I learned you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> put it into yeah. practice how how difficult or how easy is it settling in in New Zealand so what happened was I started in a uh, working in the fashion stores. Yeah. Uh, and uh, my first uh, um, yeah position really, um, I got the job as an assistant manager of the store, um, mm-hmm. big fashion store in our new market. Wow. And um, it actually interacting with people it mm-hmm. built my confidence. I feel. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah in uh from there uh i felt okay um mm. now i'm gonna you know uh, get back into my teaching and yeah. um do the course mm. at auckland uni and um be in front of a class you know mm. yeah, um, yeah yeah so looking back what else can you can you think of um that helped you a lot uh, in terms of your adjustment so you said you were able to find a job, being able to talk to people, um, yes. and you've also went back to uni. Um, yes. I'm, I'm guessing you met a lot of people <clears throat> there as well. What else yes, helped you um, in your adjustment? Um, I think integrating, trying to integrate with, you mm. know, making friends, and mm. um, that's very um, important mm. um, in basically learning about the culture yeah, and, yeah. and the way um, things work you know right. and um, the thinking um it all takes time but yeah it takes time that's that's true and you already knew english at that time yes but but how how did that help or how did that confuse you because i wasn't i was a bit shy you know mm-hmm. and i wasn't um really a people's person i feel yeah. Yeah. And I had to learn um, and get over that as well, you know, like, um, yeah. uh, and I feel like uh, making friends and mm. uh, integrating into the society really helped me. Right. So it's yeah. not enough to know who you are. For example, uh, you're saying like you're more introverted, I'm guessing. Yes, definitely. Um, but it's not enough to say, I'm introverted. This is me. That's it, period. But do you no. actually have to... Um, navigate do that. The, yeah, also yeah. you have to do uh, willing to mm. get past mm. your limitations, you know, and not just mm. box yourself in something right. because everything can be learned. So accepting yourself, but at the same time being able to stretch yourself. Yeah, um, to do yeah. the uncomfortable, you know. That's very good, yeah. Mm. Do the uncomfortable. That's, that's where the, <laughs> yeah, that's where the growth happens. Yeah, that's yeah. a quotable quote by... Somebody probably uh, already said that. Maybe, but who cares? (laughs) So you are in a mixed race relationship. You're married to Mate, who's a Kiwi. Yes. Um, How difficult was it 
um, what were the things that you, what were the things that are challenging and how did you um, resolve those issues? Um, I, I feel because um, I met Mate, um, Mate and I uh, mm. met quite young. Yeah. We were probably, Mate was about 22. Mm -hmm. And um, we um, feel like we have grown <laughs> yeah, yeah, up yeah. together, you know. Yeah, we yeah. Um, uh, obviously initially there were um, some challenges uh, being uh, coming from different cultures. Right. And although you speak the um, language, mm -hmm. there is way more um, behind it that, yeah. you know, uh, makes the person. Yeah. And um, to truly understand, I think communication is mm. the key mm. and uh, willing to understand and not to be set in your ways. This is mm. the only way to do things, you know, mm. and um, try and listen and understand and come and meet mm. in the middle, you know. Yeah. 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 And I think, um, yeah. Mm. It's. I think maybe so def there's um, definitely compromise uh, involved here. Yeah. 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 Wow. And you now have a wonderful four-year-old daughter. Yes. Do you teach Zaya your language? Do you teach her other languages? How do you speak or communicate with her? Sometimes I speak Mongolian, but it's mm. a bit um, challenging when um, only one parent speaks yeah. the language, and right. uh, she lives in an uh, English-speaking country and mm -hmm. all her friends and, you know, mm. uh, the family speaks English. And mm -hmm. um, so um, it is um, a bit challenging, you mm -hmm. know, um, but she knows uh, quite a few words, but I'm uh, planning to build on that. Mm. And, um, yeah. Mm. So obviously you're very settled in New Zealand with your husband and daughter, um, mm. You have built a family here, but how often do you get homesick? Um, yes, definitely. Like mm. um, nowadays, I feel um, that calling. You know, like mm. I want to um, explore. I mm. want to go back to Mongolia and explore yeah. the culture, um, yeah. and I feel um, that um, I want to know more. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and um, it will be um, nice to plan um, a holiday. Yeah, know, yeah, going back to Mongolia your roots. and yeah, yeah mm. and um, show uh, my husband. You know, and also <laughs> obviously uh, take my daughter. Yeah, uh, to yeah. Mongolia in um, so that they have that exposure. Yeah, so. Um, Ulamj, for those who are creative expats listening to this podcast right now, what mm -hmm. advice would you give them? Because it seems like um, this is a common common stereotype that, you know, creatives are able to do a lot of things, but at the same time, they get sucked in or they get overwhelmed by mm -hmm. all these abilities that they have. Um, mm -hmm. And it seems that you are quite successful with, with what you do right now, uh, despite the fact that you can do a lot of things and you are doing a lot of things. So what advice would you give to our listener who's a creative expat? Uh, to find balance, I think. Um, and um, to not to be afraid to explore, yeah. you know, and make mistakes. 
mm. um, because I feel making mistake is integral part for growth, you know. Mm. Um, um, and um, I feel in when I do art, mm. it's one area um, definitely that I'm not scared, mm. you know, it, um, of making mistakes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and um, that gives you a lot of freedom if you're not afraid, you know? Right, just being, right? Yeah, just being yeah. and trusting your mm. intuition. Wow. Mm. Well, thank you so much for that. I'm sure our creative expats um, have, you know, learned so much from you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. I'm, I'm, an, I'm a creative. I, I would consider myself a, a creative and I'm learning yes, a lot here. <laughs> mm. um, what about books, films, um, anything that changed your life or something that you would recommend to other people or would yeah. gift it to other people? couple of books I really like is, um, first is The Big Magic uh-huh. um, by Elizabeth Gilbert. All right. And, um, big Magic. Yeah, Big mm. Magic. And uh, What is your second, biggest learning from, from Big Magic? It's about um, inspiration. Mm. You know, when you get that idea, you need mm-hmm. to act on it, you know. Mm. Um, it's um, she describes it as um, it's kind of living thing. Mm-hmm. It sparked that um, inspiration, and mm. if you don't act on it, it goes somewhere else. Mm. Um, and um, you see people, you know, getting a lot of ideas, but then mm. um, if uh, because they haven't acted on it, somebody else is doing it. You know, like mm-hmm. because. Uh, it can travel. <laughs> wow, wow. Hey, you know what's interesting? Uh, you've mm-hmm. just reminded me growing up, um, mm-hmm. growing up in a Christian home, um, they always say, like, if you don't use the talent that God has given you, God will take mm-hmm. it back. <laughs> yeah. And I'm yeah. like, ooh, this is this is quite similar. <laughs> like, if yeah. you don't use, uh, you know, an idea or a creative spark, then it will transfer yeah. to another person. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And what's, a, and what's you, the other I book? I feel there? like you have to be grateful for that, you know, and honor right. that. Right. And um, do it justice. You have to do your part. Um mm. Yeah, and um, the second book that I would recommend people to read is The Alchemist. The Alchemist, by, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, Paula Coelho. Yeah, yeah. And, I'm pretty sure he's Brazilian, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I yeah, think so. Yeah, and yeah. Um, it talks about, um, about following your passion it's essentially about <laughs> mm. following your passion your yeah. life purpose wow you know and wow. uh there's a good uh, conversation interview yeah uh with Paula Coelho mm. and um opera yes i and, think i've listened to that one <laughs> that's why i'm yeah, familiar I, that was I really felt good that was very inspiring yeah yeah, yeah. highly recommended um, what about recommend. what about films? What is a film that you always go back to? I don't have a lot of time to watch movies, yeah, but yeah. Um, I enjoy, um, you know, Hal's Moving Castle. Okay, uh, <laughs> it's an animation Japanese yeah, animation yeah, by yeah. Ghibli, you know, uh, mm, studio. Mm. Yeah, 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 excellent. Thank you for sharing that. And now let's go to rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Yes. 
<laughs> okay, so first thing that comes to mind when I mention this word or this mm -hmm. phrase, just this? blur it out. Okay. okay. Yeah. First word is expat. Um, integration. Ooh. Next travel destination. Uh, Canada. Where in Canada? Uh, Vancouver. Vancouver. Any special reason why? Uh, to um, catch up with our family. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Culture shock. Culture shock. Yeah. Yeah. You have to accept it and, right. you know, yeah, work with what you're given. What is your biggest yeah. culture shock? Uh, biggest culture shock yeah. was, I feel, New Zealand. <laughs> mm -hmm. Person that you admire most? Um, my parents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. And for a good reason. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. And comfort food? Comfort food, ramen. Ramen. <laughs> the Japanese ramen. Yes. Dreamland. Um, Dreamland. Um, uh, Disneyland. <laughs> Disney. Yeah, yeah. I'm keen yeah. to um, go there and take oh, really? my daughter. Yeah, yeah. On Sunday. Yeah. yeah. New Zealand. And uh, New Zealand beach. Beaches. Yeah. What's your favorite? Yeah. Oh, uh, I love Mount Beach. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Excellent. Hey, Ulimch, that wraps up our podcast today. And mm. I really wish you all the best, especially um, on your new venture um, yes, with this art fashion yes. <laughs> um, called Zoo. Um, for yeah. those listeners who would like to know more about you, who would like to connect with you, um, where can you point them to? Okay, uh, so my website is um, ulemj.co uh, and uh, my Instagram handle is ulemj underscore underscore art mm -hmm. uh, and uh, on Facebook you can find me under ulemj art as mm. one word. Excellent, excellent. Thank you so much again ulemj and enjoy your day today. Thanks Andre. And thanks for listening today, team. If you would like to know more about Ulimj and her art, visit her website at ulimjart.com. Let's end with this question. What kind of creative work can you do this week to help you with your homesickness? Thank you for joining me today. I'm your expat coach, Andre Wild. Keep strong, far from home.